You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Sam Williamson. I help connect businesses with their tech talent. Today, I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Edward, Saheed, and Simon to discuss the topic of the journey of an individual contributor to leader. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Edward, we're going to come to you first. Sure. Thank you, Sam. I'm a manager uh, at Deloitte, uh, but I've been uh, most of my time spending as a tech lead at different companies uh, in Denmark. Uh, it's been uh, an interesting journey for me uh, coming from from a, an individual contributor role to a more of a leadership world, uh, role. And there is a relief in that. So currently my responsibilities are revolving around providing technical advice to teams, companies, um, and I enjoy it quite a lot. Thank you, Edward. Simon, we'll come to you next. Yeah, my name is Simon, and I'm a front end techies at the Nuvisel in Aarhus, which is a digital agency in Denmark and some other locations around the the, uh, the globe, <laughs> and I've been working in the agency world for the last seven years on a lot of various projects. And my current role is to define and investigate new technologies, uh, figuring out architectural um, solutions for for our clients. So that is uh, basically it. Fantastic, thank you, Simon. And last but not least, Zahid. Hey guys, I'm Zahid. I work at UC. Um, just like two years ago, I actually started my journey as a leader, as an Android team lead. And since then, I have moved from just an Android team lead to head of front end. And then I'm heading the whole design and development at UCTV. It's been a quite a new kind of journey for me. So I have actually got to learn a lot. Um, my role is to make sure that everything that has something to do with design and development is moving. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff actually. Fantastic. Thank you, Zaheer. Now that we've established a bit of a context of each of you and who you are, let's move on to the topic in focus. You all have a question or a subtopic around the journey from individual contributor to leader. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room to get each of your questions, the reasons behind them, and also give you guys an opportunity to, to add value to all of these lovely listeners. So I do believe we're going to start with Simon's question. Um, and he wanted to pose to the rest of the panel, what is a good leader in tech? Now, I'm going to come to Simon first to give us a bit of context before we head around the room. Yeah, so I'd like to have your opinions on what makes a good leader and what's important when being a leader and how you should act uh, as a leader in tech. So that is uh, what I would like to hear your opinions about. Fantastic. Edward, should we start with yourself? Yeah, it's... Um... It's really uh, an interesting question because it's, I mean, there's a lot of answers to this, right? Uh, it's it's really hard to say something that hasn't been said, uh, but uh, I will try to, to, to the best of my experience to highlight the topics that, uh, or maybe the things that I, I, I value the most personally. Um, I've been lucky through my career to meet uh, a few, but very... Uh, gifted leaders who really, really inspired me and who, who really also uh, inspired me to pursue a similar role 
Um, and um, I've been thinking for a long time, what is the common between those people? And um, I think it's it, it's it's quite prosaic, I must say. Uh, they they really uh, uh, share one uh, thing in common that uh, they 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 really listen to people and they they take uh, nothing for granted sort of speak, uh, always trying to stay a little bit hungry and a little bit uh, curious about other people, what, what other people have to say. And um, that is uh, that is one of, of course, that's one part of the picture. There's many other things that I could talk about as well. I, I really believe in this. Uh, there's been this study about the army people, like with the with picking the best people uh, where where they try to 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 find the best participants and like people people who supported their team uh, performed the best. You've probably heard about the study. Uh, I really think that it's some kind of combination of those factors being uh, genuinely interested in other people, in their opinions and what they can bring to the table and also uh, helping them, but also not being afraid to delegate and give them space. Um, I think I to to my knowledge, I think there's one thing that I could remember from what they did um, that really inspired me to that everybody could do in a leadership position is to delegate and give trust to people. And uh, I know it sounds simple, but it's it it felt as a, as a jump. And you probably you you guys probably know this uh, uh, that that it's 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 scary to delegate and to trust and to to give somebody's responsibility for something completely and just trust them on it. Uh, but I think that this this type of uh, decision making and leadership, well, which goes in line with some leadership types, it's it's probably from the like servant leadership area uh, that was really really impressive, and it actually motivated me to to move to Denmark and like pursue like well, this type of like where where are these leaders and sort of learn more from 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 the source. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's that that sums it up from my side. But I also I I mean, if I can ask, like, what it's I know it's a very simple question, but also like, what is your motivation? Like, what the what do you uh, think uh, to get out of it, Simon? What's uh, what's your angle on this? I, I know maybe it's too early. Maybe don't answer it now. But I'm uh, uh, I'm 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 interested in hearing like what is your thinking? Like what the you know, what do you get yourself? Yeah, I think it's an important question because there's a big difference uh, in leadership, and it can both be in terms of the like the, the tech leadership, like the hardcore tech, versus the uh, the more social thing. Um, so it's kind of the mix, and I want to maybe if we can go into depth about um, how to be a good leader and how to act and how you exactly like you said um, gain trust in the people you lead mm -hmm. and and having them trust you as well. Um, so I think it's it's a very broad question, <laughs> but I think yeah I can answer that later. I have some 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 pointers um, telling the direction of what I think is a good leader. Cool, thank you. Ahid, we'll come to you next. Uh, Tell us what, what are your thoughts on Simon's question? 
Yeah, I think after Edward, it's going to be hard uh, uh, to add up. Uh, he covered like quite a lot of things, but but uh, I can add my own flavor uh, of, of kind of the same information he has shared. Um, so for me, a good leader is actually all about few key factors. And one of the most important is actually communication. You know, when we are developers and we live in our own world, we have our own way of communications and how you communicate as a leader is actually completely different. It's kind of like a switch, right? So you need to become a very good listener. You need, I mean, I think I have experienced like almost all developers have good sense of humor. Uh, maybe some don't, but at least uh, a lot of them have. Um, then it's all those kind of things that are kind of in your personality and you don't want to change your personality, but you have to kind of communicate as a leader, keeping all those things in, in the equation, right? You have to share good news. You have to share bad news, how you do it. You have to keep information to yourself. That's that's to me a very big challenge, especially if your company is going through a transformation journey. Uh, you get to know a lot of things, six months, eight months, one year ahead, and, and you have to keep that information with you. So you have to be very, you know, mindful when you are uh, doing uh, meetings and communication because uh, you always have to think what are you sharing and if that information can go out right now or not um yeah and 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 then while you're communicating i think it's very important that you don't sound like making micro doing micromanagement but rather like so you need to find out the balance between influence versus letting people do things on their own right so that's one of the factor um then what i have learned in last two years is actually a good leader is the one who can act fast uh, and and he he knows how to make smart risks right because my experience from last two years and what i have learned being in a journey uh, during this journey is like if you if you're not taking fast actions then 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 it will bite you back and and but there's always a factor of risk but you need to take risk otherwise you can never be a good leader uh i think one of the thing i have learned being a from my journey of being a developer is actually we love to take limelight you know we we find out something cool we want to make it we want to ship it you know how we kind of take the not the credit but it's more like doing demos and showing off the cool stuff but when you become a leader it actually depends what kind of leader you are if you are more like a a tech lead then i think you still have an opportunity to to share uh, some of the stuff but again you need to find the balance of how you also let your team take some of the shine right but when you even go one step ahead where you are more like an engineering manager or you are kind of like becoming a head of department or something you have to give out that limelight to other people that's that's being a leader your job to let them shine and you kind of be there to take the hard things you know like how you kind of like uh, you you answer the hard questions or or when something goes wrong how 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 good you can protect your team from that so that's kind of more like your role but again it's a journey right you 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 have to learn it and and that takes some time and in the beginning it's a little bit painful because when you when you are really one of those person who really want to try out something fast you cannot do that anymore you have to let other people do it uh, and then i think your people are everything for you and and you you need to kind of love them take care of them you need to help them but then on the other side, you also have a responsibility of taking care of the business. So I think the good leader in, in is the one who can find the balance between satisfying the business needs and moving in the right direction and still making sure that you're taking good care of your people. It's not an easy thing, but this is your job, right? And last but not least is yourself. What is, and I think this is what Edward asked 
Simon, but I can probably jump in and also uh, kind of like uh, chip in a little bit. I think what is your motivation? What are you getting out of it? That's a very good question and very important thing because if you if if as soon as this becomes a boring thing for you, then you lose the motivation and then you cannot give your hundred percent, right? So you need to find out what is the motivation for you. For me personally, making people excel in their career, looking them happy, delivering, and, and you know, like being empowered. This is this really motivates me, talking to them, hearing good things, but also finding out the bad things and kind of making a difference is motivation for me. But but you need to take care of take good care of yourself. You need to avoid burnout. What and and again, I think it it kind of also depends a lot on your manager. What kind of manager you have? He you need a lot of help. I personally found this lead dev. Uh, it's it's a it's a blog where it's it's like I can share the link. It's really really useful because there's a lot of content that you can read out, read out. You need to learn and. There are many ways you can still contribute. I think technical writing, sharing podcast uh, conferences, uh, this could be one thing which you can start sharing your journey. You need to find out how you can reflect, how you can follow up. And last not least, you need to ask for help when you need it, because otherwise you are actually not going to deliver. I'm not sure if I've taken a lot of time, but I, uh, but th th these are the things that I, I, I personally think that uh, has helped me a lot. And and as I said in the beginning, I haven't been in this role for a very long time. It's a journey for me, but so far it's it's quite a lot of fun. And I'm actually very happy uh, and really looking forward to stay in this role and, uh, you know, learn a lot. I will pass it on to Simon uh, to, you know, share his uh, thoughts about, or actually it's uh, it's uh, Sam uh, that, that, that can share his thoughts about it. Thank you. Um, the reason why I'm asking is because I think there's kind of a lot of different leaders in tech. Uh, so we have the micromanager, we have the dictator, and then we have like the inspiring leader. And the last one I personally think is is the best. It is the one who leads and set a path without dictating how people should do it. But he inspires or she inspires um, people to, to give it their best. Um, and I think a very big responsibility for the leader is to give in like in in terms of uh, of this tech techy leadership they need some uh, confidence in order to solve their own task and i think that is a very important thing as a leader so i think um very good example is when you are helping someone with a problem coding wise for example then instead of taking the keyboard and then just fixing it and say it, it works and then leave the seat, you should actually try to explain your thoughts and how you would do it so the person you're helping can actually figure out themselves how to solve it and then they'll gain the confidence that they need to maybe just crack on with the next uh, problem or obstacle they meet and then they'll learn to, to solve uh, problems on their own. Um, and then of course, as it already been said, uh, listening is very important, and inspiring is very important. So, um, I think when you're a leader, you should not just say if you have like fully trust in the person you're leading, saying I trust you, you can do the best. But you should always try to um, to maybe ask questions why they want to do it the way they they want to do it, and maybe give your perspective on how it could be done. So it turns more into some kind of uh, collaboration instead of 
an actual just leadership saying you should do it like this, uh, or I think it's a bad idea. You should figure out something else. Um, yeah, Edward, I think you have uh, a good question. <laughs> Very well said. I think it goes in line with what Zahid was uh, uh, talking about with the not taking the credit for stuff uh, the team's doing. And I think that that is really, really valuable advice to uh, like delegate and, and let people get the ownership. I, I feel like this is there's so much value in that advice. I remember uh, um, if, if, if you've done some uh, web engineering, uh, at some point at the conference, I met a person who taught me to do some some advanced webpack stuff, and like, and they were pa- patient enough to to let me figure it out myself, and that was just 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 priceless. Uh, I think uh, it really really uh, it gave me the insight and in, like how things are working, and that ended up in like contributing to webpack uh, project which was uh, just a fantastic opportunity uh, but so this is this is a, like a great example of a good leader going through the steps with you making sure you understand stuff and then like there's some value out of it and now all the people can use whatever the like we've we've come up uh, back in the days that's uh, uh, that, i mean that's only a minor, very, very little example. There's probably thousands of examples like this that people do at work every day. Yeah, the aha moment is very important. <laughs> Where you're like, ah, yeah, now I understand. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, Simon, thank you for that fantastic question. Um, I think it was very good to start about what is a good leader because we're talking about the journey. So we want to get to become uh, a good leader at the end of it. But Let's now move on to the next question, uh, which I believe is Edward's question. And um, he wants to know, how does leadership style correlate with the different types of leader roles? Uh, what are your preferences? I know Edward's got some uh, context to give us before we go into the question and answers. So, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a curveball because it's an open open question as well, a little bit. But also, I hope you could share your personal experiences from, from your uh, work experience. Um, so... Uh, as I was getting like more into corporate environment, I've got exposed to very specific roles. And I mean, of course, I've worked with those roles and I've been in some of those roles over the time. But now I know like there's these, 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 there's like a product owner, there's a product manager, there's a scrum master. Uh, then there is like a tech lead, there's a solution architect, there's an enterprise architect. And those people have some leadership responsibilities and then the, then they clash. They have, <laughs> they have uh, to f- what I feel a completely completely uh, conflicting sometimes interests they they have uh, uh, different interests and some people advocate for engineers some people advocate for the project which could a bit uh, well uh, uh, go into this land where where uh, they want more more hours dedicated to some some things then engineers want their life to be a little bit sustainable so they don't want to to do the crunches or something like that so uh, and and then uh, I came into uh, uh, another dimension to this. So there's do, there are those jobs with different interests, with different goals, and then there is different leadership types. And clearly, I mean, from experience, we could definitely tell that there are some some good use cases for like a very uh, authoritarian leader when when there there is some kind of crisis, company needs some change. So there's there's some visionary that's needed who will change everything, who will say, okay, we do this, we do that. But often what happens is that those people don't really um, understand the intricacies of 
people management, all the happiness and the all of that is also complicated by the practical necessities in the companies right now. So logistically, companies don't always hire, uh, let's say, a project manager and a scrum master. Sometimes a person has to wear multiple hats and then then it's, it's completely different people that have to, well, be embodied in the same person to uh, represent completely different interests. And to me, this sounds like a very... A very challenging topic because I've seen through my career uh, many different examples. People struggling with leadership because of those like conflicting interests when they were used to represent engineers, but then they got into a pure role. Uh, so they uh, were clashing with this, where where they had to push engineers to get uh, well to get the project moving a little bit and like keep the focus on or. Uh, uh, visionaries who got into a role where they have uh, a people responsibility or a people happiness responsibility, which would also create this disbalance of for, uh, in the forces. So I'd like to hear what kind of experiences you have in your career and what uh, maybe maybe some advice, some some ideas. What your what are your preferences? Zahid, I think we're coming to to you first for this moment. Yeah. I think it's a very good question. And as I said, I'm very new to this role. So I have actually faced a lot of these challenges in uh, in last two years. And the the type of leadership style actually is a bit dependent on your top manager. So it's kind of like comes from top to bottom, because if you're going in a completely different direction, then it's not going to work right. So I, I also feel very fortunate that I have been working with with uh, with people who are really helpful and and they help you to grow and and excel uh, when you become like a, an engineering manager or a tech lead or or kind of like a head of some department the biggest question is understanding your role right what is the domain of your role you can easily be a technical project manager but it's completely different from being an engineering manager because engineering manager more more works with the people development and the technical project management is completely different so it's 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 pretty much common sense. It's pretty much what kind of company you are working on and what is expected from you. So the first thing that I think that one must do is actually to clarify the goals with your with your immediate manager. What are the expectations? Because if you're spending too much time on people development, but the expectations are completely different, then your leadership style is completely wrong. And at the end of the day, you will actually feel disappointed when when you're not acknowledged for all the hard work you are putting into your job. So you you always start with clearly aligning the outcome of your efforts that you're doing with your immediate manager. And for, for me, delegation is the most important thing of your leadership style. You don't need to know everything. It's, it's again a very difficult thing that you learn on the way. Being a developer, we always tend to, to kind of think, okay, if I want to solve this problem, I need to know everything. You cannot, I mean, the more you move up, you the more you have to understand that there are people who are good in their domains. They know much better than you. So you need to find out those people. You need to identify those people. This is what you need to know. And then all you have to do is to delegate things. You, you can only do things which no one is there to do, right? When I took the job as a head of front and my manager told me, hey, you need to understand one thing. In the beginning, you will always say, how much time I can code, how much time I can do leadership. But if you want to move up, if you want to move in this direction of leadership, at some point you have to give it up. You you cannot you cannot keep doing things and 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 you know like still being there. So I think this is a very big challenge. How you delegate things. Um, 
but you have to delegate them in a way that people understand what exactly is delegated. And that's where it comes, how you can clarify the expectations. And this is something I have learned recently that if you are not clearly specifying who's responsible for what, who's accountable for what, who needs to be informed, who needs to be consulted. Something I have learned recently is called a Rocky model or a RACI matrix or something. I can again share the link. It's actually very, very important. Whenever you try to work on something, the first thing you have to do, or, or, or you can put it this way, when you try to delegate something, the person or the people you are delegating the task, you need to clarify with them, with them who's accountable, who's responsible. And this is very, very important because once you have that, the person who's accountable, he knows that if there's a bottleneck, if something has stuck, he needs he's the one who either needs to make a decision or he needs to make sure that he's flagging that, okay, now we are blocked. Because in my two years experience, we have missed, not missed deadlines, but the, the things haven't been moving that fast because people were confused. Okay, now we don't have a, we don't know what to do. I don't know whom to reach out. I have just flagged it. It's very important that you make people accountable on top of delegating things. And and that is really, really, really helpful thing when, when you move um, a bit further. And again, everything comes for everything, you have to lead by example. So when you are accountable for something, you have to show people how you actually deliver when you are accountable for something. And again, in the leadership, empowerment is the key. If your manager is not empowering you, then you cannot do stuff. I remember my manager told me like, always come to me for forgiveness and don't come to me for everything for permission. I'm not sure if everyone get this this kind of flexibility, but this gives me so much confidence, right? And and I'm happy I haven't asked that many forgiveness yet, but I hope that it stays the same. But I actually remember that um, we were asked to read this book by our manager called No Rules Rules. It's a, it's a book by Netflix. And I actually asked the people in my team to read that book. It's actually a very, very good way to kind of teach people, right? To I mean, it's only one book you can have many other books, but one thing that you can get out of that book is you need to lead by context, not by control. All you have to do is to delegate things, set the context and let people do their job. They will make mistakes. It's okay. They should come back and say, I tried to do this thing. It didn't work. That's fine. But if you're going to start controlling, doing micromanagement, this will never work. So this is again, how much you are empowered and how much you can make people empowered to, to do things. That's, that's, that's the way to lead or one way to lead, right? And I have been actually very fortunate that our company, they put like uh, some some uh, efforts on us on learning inclusive leadership. It's actually, uh, there, uh, there are many things about inclusive leadership is how you set up a psychological safety where people can feel safe to share everything they have to share, how you can set up cognitive how you can handle the cognitive diversity is a very big challenge because we are we get biased a lot how you can have unconscious biasness how 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 you can set up an environment where people feel they can share anything and they will they will they will feel like they they are being heard and i one of the big takeaway from all that training uh, training uh, of the inclusive inclusive leadership was that the biggest hippo or the the, the person who get paid the most needs to speak at the very end. And that's actually very important. You cannot start a meeting by saying, or you cannot start a project by saying, I think it's a very good idea. Let's do it this way. You have fucked up already. Okay, I'm not sure if I can use that word. But the the idea is like, you need to wait until the end. Otherwise people will start getting biased. They will be like, okay, my leader think that we should 
pick option A and you're already, you know, setting up some biasness in the whole discussion of a two hours conversation. So learning, tooling, it's all part of how uh, to, to just sum it up. All you have to do is to follow common sense model. You have to follow the environment. You have to see how at, at what point you need to take more ownership, at what point you have to delegate. I can keep going on, but uh, I will actually, <laughs> I think I have covered most of the things. So I will actually pass it on to Simon uh, to add his thoughts on it. Yeah, I think Edward had some some pointers as well. Sure. Yeah, uh, mm, I actually got a little bit inspired by what you were talking about. Uh, I think you can That's learn a lot. A start. Uh, you can learn a lot from uh, from the book your manager uh, advises you to read. You can tell a lot if you if you if you read the book really. Uh, that that's I, I, I've had mul multiple uh, jobs where where there was like a book. And all, it's always a different book, but that book will tell a lot about the managerial style, about the priorities, and what what is it might be not there like the book, but uh, uh, it's it's it usually is a giveaway of what they value the most. But if there are, uh, you talk a bit about uh, before before you move on. Just I want to add something yeah. very quick. The book actually is very important that even if you share a path, you need to be very careful because it, it, I don't know if you guys have read that book, but when you start reading that book. It says a lot of things that when you are reading, you're like, okay, that's not going to work out in my company. That's not going <laughs> to. And it's actually very important because when you go, when you read that book and you go at the end, it's also like Netflix figured out that one rule cannot apply on everyone. So it's, it's at the end, it's different companies will have different culture. So even if you share a book with your, with your team, you can tell them like, maybe we cannot pick up everything, but let's get the good things out of it and try to see what we can do the best. So, sorry, you can continue now. I just wanted to add that one. Good, good point, good point. Uh, but my question uh, kind of continues on the same line. You talked about managing the expectations and uh, succeeding as a leader is important uh, in succeeding as a leader. It's important to understand the expectations of your manager and uh, figure out their managerial style. Can you uh, advise on some questions you can ask from your manager to help you understand what is it that is required? Because I, I mean, it's quite simple. Yeah, what is expected from me? But uh, usually, I mean, what is expected? Yeah, the, do the task, deliver on the project. But then, can you can you come up with some advice in that uh, yeah. regard, or like what people might ask from their managers to like, or what I can ask my manager to to figure out what how how to perform better? Yeah, it's a very very good question actually, and this is also something I have learned like. You you need to sit down and you start. You need to make a list of all the things that you think you need to do, because that's your context, right? All you have to do is to take that list to your manager and ask, like, I think that these are the things I should be focusing on. And you will be really surprised that he will be like, yeah, that's great, but maybe this and this and this is more important strategically for the coming years. So always having your goals, the goals you think are good to. To, to deliver your job versus your manager's, manager's expectation. And then you write down the top five and in every one-on-one -on -one, you kind of like follow up because it's very important. And something actually I've learned is that if you're making goals for one year, you have fucked up to, in the beginning. Things will change. It, it's like if uh, the kind of role you have, things can quickly change in three months. Expectations can change. Priorities can change. So it's very important that you follow up on your goals and make sure that is very clear. It's, it's clear with your manager that if something changes, it's completely okay 
to change my top three, four, five goals. And then you can have your own goals. You can have your team goals. You can have your uh, what different kind of rules. But making sure that things are aligned with your manager is very, very, very important. Thank you. Then I'm ready. <laughs> um, I think Sahid is right in everything he says. So that is easy. No, um, I would like to pinpoint that it's very important that you find out what is it that you want to do. So you're not trying to solve all the problems because you get like you're going to be like the jack of all leaders, basically, because you're trying to to code, you're trying to keep the budget, and you're trying to uh, taking care of your team and their personal issues, and you know too many hats uh, will will mess up the leadership style, uh, basically. Uh, so I think the uh, the point about making a list when you are like uh, hired for this position is is a very good idea because a lot of times you'll be hired with a kind of vague uh, description about the role and that will just be the one that you go with but the problem is that the person who who is applying for the job will actually have totally different expectations than the hiring manager so i think it's very important to to yeah like he said list all the things you expect that you're going to do and then maybe also give them some values. So where, what should you focus on? And then you can compare with the hiring manager and figure out uh, what should be the, the focus because it is hard to have split leadership styles or roles uh, and you can't do everything because, yeah, then as we also mentioned, you'll burn out because it is it is tough uh, trying to solve all the problems that that there is, and I think one of the uh, the obstacles that may occur is that some companies would like to have one person who solve multiple problems or do multiple leaderships, and that is is a big problem because it it should be different persons doing different things, and that is going back to what uh, Edward said about the uh, the scrum master and the project leader. Um, so yeah, I think that is the. Uh, the best suggestions. If I may follow up with a question, what is, what is your uh, leader type? How do you see yourself uh, as a leader, Simon? Are you more of a like a visionary, uh, like a experimentator, or you 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 well help the people to grow up? Like what's you, you talked a little bit about this, and I'm I I have a guess of what you would prefer. Uh, but what's the what's the company like? What the uh, how do you position yourself right now? I think I try to do a lot of explorative work and investigation and seeing how we can improve uh, and how we can get better at what we do. Uh, so my main focus is very technical. And then, of course, I also get a lot of motivation up, uh, in, um, like, what can you say, um, making people better. Uh, going back to what I said, uh, if you can help people trying uh, to solve their issues on their own in the future, then I think that is uh, is a big plus and it is something to be proud of because then they can continue to grow. Um, but yeah, my main focus is, is the technical part and uh, how to to grow. Um, I, I must say, uh, from a personal experience, I had a, uh, I had a, a colleague 
who was in a leadership role, who was uh, a little bit on the experimentative side, who did a lot of POCs, who did a lot of exploration. And, and that contribution was absolutely priceless for the company, for my team, for many teams. So his role kind of uh, was an umbrella role that impacted multiple teams. And the problem was that a lot of his uh, um, findings we applied and applied successfully. And then we got all the credit for it. And then it it kind of reflected badly because he, he did it. And, and even though everybody knew that it was his finding originally, it, like paying this credit back to where the credit was due was so hard and it, it created kind of this, this tension. Have, have you ever experienced that situation or like what's the, you know, uh, maybe you haven't, but I, I've, maybe you guys have advice in general, like of how, how, uh, how to, 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 well, to pay the credits where the credits do. Uh, I haven't experienced it myself, but I haven't worked in a, that, that big of a company yet. So uh, <laughs> maybe that is the reason why. Uh, so. For example, I've done a lot of open source work inside the company where we open source packages to to the world. And I basically just write out the our front end channel, for example, I made this package. Uh, please give some inputs and and, and contribute. Um, and then of course then the, the credit is is taken. Uh, basically. Uh, but I don't for me personally I don't see a big problem of me not getting the credit because I would still be proud of the thing that I did that is the thing that is living, that got implemented. Um, but I think it's hard to, in, in bigger corporations, it's hard to, to give the credit back to the one who, who made the, the POC and, and did the initial investigation. But I don't know, I think it depends on the person if, if they need the credit, because we're also developers. Uh, it's not everybody who who likes credit or getting pushed in front of the stage. Uh, telling yeah, some do, some do. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's also uh, the opposite. <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's nothing bad with being recognized for, no. for work done. So uh, it's it's a natural need. It's uh, it's it's quite okay. I mean, it's uh, unless it gets uh, uh, a little bit dysfunctional, but uh, I mean. It's a normal need. It's it's normal to 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 recognize people. But uh, good advice. I think what Simon <laughs> has said is actually very important, and I have uh, felt that actually you can not everyone likes the limelight. You have to be very careful. Uh, and sometimes we, being the manager, can for the benefit of our people, can be really pushy. Now you should give it a try. It's a very good opportunity. But there's you need to always be careful. Some people don't like it, and you have to accept that. You cannot let people uh, do things which are not kind of like a priority for them. So it's actually a very good uh, thing to remember always. Excellent. Edward, do you have anything to add to your own question that perhaps Simon and Zahid hasn't covered? Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I think if, uh, I, I'm too inspired by the answers. I had some, some thoughts on like what I wanted to talk about, but uh, I think uh, uh, it's, it doesn't seem as important. Uh, like I've, oh, I mean, of course, I I wanted to to to, to briefly touch the the topic of like this ser servant leadership, which which was quite interesting. Uh, but it feels it feels like I'm changing the topic completely now. <laughs> so, uh, but but it goes in line with what you were talking about, like about delegating and like 
spreading the limelight and whatever. Uh, and uh, I think, um, I think this 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 new uh, to me it was new. Uh, well, not new. It's been four years since I've, I'm I'm aware of this uh, sort of leadership uh, style. Uh, that it, it was kind of a revelation to 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 learn that there is kind of a leadership style that is based on of bringing people and uh, making them stronger. And I think that is very appealing to me, like making everybody stronger. Doesn't matter this job, next job, everybody has to become better. Uh, well, not doesn't have to, but it's good to set up the situation where they can grow. Uh, and uh, I think uh, that, uh, of course, that's one of the aspects, but I really, I really uh, learned to appreciate that aspect. And uh, a lot of this servant leadership goes through uh the well delegating and uh making people do well the stuff that is being recognized yeah i think uh in general you could actually say that the uh the perfect leader is uh kind of expendable in the uh, day-to-day work uh, they're not needed for everything um because that means that the leader has actually taught the team how to act and how to work and how to think for themselves without having to rely on their leader telling them what to do. Uh, I think that's that's quite important to remember, even even though they are not uh, expendable, but but in the uh, in the daily in the daily work they might be. Fantastic. I think that's a great point to finish on there, Simon Edward. Thank you for. Such a fantastic question. Next one is going to Zahid's question. Um, and I flipped it on the head completely with what we touched on so far. Um, his question is, is there a way back from being obviously going on that journey as an individual contributor uh, from leadership? Zahid, I've come to you for a bit of context as always. Yeah. Um, so it, it can apply on you and it can also apply on someone from your team. But uh, but I want to know, like, how what do you guys think about it? That when you actually encourage other people to become a manager from an into, uh, individual contributor, how do you see it? What if that doesn't, uh, if it's not going to work out, what's the fallback? Yeah, and, I can start. Uh, yeah, I will pass it on to Simon to, to begin <laughs> with. What's the fallback, uh, Simon, for uh, promoting someone? Switch jobs and go back to development. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's yeah, I, I know it sounds funny, but it's, I actually think that is the only way because I think the problem is once you turn into a leader, it is hard to go back uh, being among the same people that you were a leader for because it is quite hard to change their perception of you. So they will still treat you as the leader and ask you the questions and and maybe ask you about things that you are actually not the person who should be answer answering on um so i think it's 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 not easy and you also have to when you are are the one going back to uh to where you came from uh, it can be hard adapting to your new role which was actually your old role where you didn't have as much to to say as you might did as a leader but at the same time i also think that it's very important that i've seen a lot of good leaders that actually doesn't have the role so very good developers who has uh, very good leadership ro- uh, skills and re- is really like pushing the whole team and lifting the team. But maybe they don't want to be a leader and that is also totally fine. But I think if you want to go back to an individual contributor, I think you might 
have to change your job if that is what you want to do. Unless, of course, you are in a big corporation where you will change team, for example. But I think it is generally hard to going from being a leader for some people to being an uh, individual contributor among the people you used to be a leader for. <laughs> I think that is my, my general perception on the uh, on the question. Well, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes total sense. It's hard to give up the the responsibilities. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that, Edwin? What what is yeah. your take on that? I I think I have been through uh, that experience, and it's definitely a somewhat oh, I can't say painful, but uh, a little bit. Uh, it, it takes time to adjust to uh, to have a different type of role. Uh, an in, individual contributor role doesn't have as many levers you can pull, uh, and uh, that might be uh, frustrating not being able to adjust things you don't like and uh, going with the consensus or um, it's it's different di- different uh, angles and uh, uh, a leader be it uh, a technical leader or a people leader they have a different tool set and if you get used to that um, I think it might be a bit frustrating and to me it was a bit frustrating to be quite honest not being able uh, to address things that I would otherwise have addressed. Uh, and I mean, we have to pick our battles. So I could spend either addressing the needs that or addressing the problem that is a bit outside of my influence circle and then maybe sacrifice some of the deliveries I have or focus on my deliveries and have that bogging me down for, for some time. And it's it's kind of a, uh, it's a tricky trade-off but uh, nothing is impossible. I think it's definitely possible and it's it's quite meaningful. I, I've met a lot of people who actually struggled with the leader role because of those responsibilities that felt um, I, it, they didn't feel impactful enough. Uh, the tools that leaders have, they, they felt less impactful than individual con- contributorship, which, which is very well understandable. Individual contributors can deliver stuff. They see the product of their work and as a leader, you don't often see the outcome like in a very complete form and um uh, um i think i i, I could uh, i could definitely see this from the other side but i met leaders who would who were interested actually in in considering well at least considered going back to to uh, individual contributor role and um i can't say a lot of them did but uh I think I think the, the the there is kind of a problem in the IT field in general that becoming a leader people see that as as a as a natural step of progression through the career and I think it it is I I'd like to say it's wrong uh, but there is also not a lot of jobs where you can uh, grow as a technical specialist so it takes it takes a bit of luck to figure out and carve out that space where you can like be a specialist and or maybe maybe like be an architect or something like that. So 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 retaining some of that like technic technicality aspect to to your job is is uh, uh, I, I mean it's it, it definitely helps and it, it you always sort of can see what it is on the other side. But I I feel like mm, I I feel like it's definitely possible to go back 
it's definitely possible. It's definitely a, a valuable move, but it's it's really hard to get the confidence for it. Yeah, especially under like the given like on the given market like today. Now it's it's a it's a it doesn't feel like a, the right move. I feel like. No, I also think it depends on how far you move away from what you used to do. But I can totally second that. For example, if you are looking for a new job and they can see in your resume that you you was a leader and now you're an individual contributor, they'll, they'll be like, what happened? <laughs> and then you have to explain that you would rather do, for example, development rather than, than leadership. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I think that is the, the scary part. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, second, uh, the thing you said about uh, technical people being offered or offered leadership uh, who is actually not leader material but a lot of times in in tech people get the uh, promotion to leadership just because they are the best developer and that is not always the uh, the best leader uh, a lot of times it's actually the opposite because the best developer is the one that can totally focus on on the on the task they are given and can solve it quite fast and and can really focus and get into the the deep things um, without getting disturbed and and can deliver, where the uh, the good leader might be a mix of like the uh, the outgoing person who can talk to people and and has some kind of um, leadership mentality, but in the same way also knows a lot about the technical side, what is going on, because I also think that is quite important when becoming a leader is that that the leader still has a grasp about the thing that they're actually doing and is not only focusing on the uh, personal things that comes with the job. That's a good point. I feel like actually there is a very a very big topic attached to this is that I meet a lot of engineers, not engineers, I meet a lot of leaders who present themselves as engineers. And I know it, I, I don't mean to gatekeep. Uh, I don't think uh, so. So I don't think it's that important to be an engineer, but people somehow like they want to hold on this. Like I'm an engineer still, and uh, like there's there are, there are famous leaders who 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 also claim to be engineers, and and it's I feel like there is a, there is more harm in that like notion that people have to be engineers. I think it, like being a leader is okay, and 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 it's okay to give out this like and move on, and not to not to look back and and. I mean, becoming a good leader, it's, it, it, uh, we have different questions, but one question that I think now that I would have asked you, like how to stop programming. <laughs> <laughs> so have you successfully stopped programming, guys? I, I think in the in the technical disruption break, I think uh, when we were talking about there are many ways that you can still do programming, but not as a part of your job. You can start writing tutorials, you can start doing things in your free time. But I think that that always depend on how much life you have or what kind of life you have um i mean it cannot be that you are always on your computer you can have a family and everything so it's not an easy job and and i think simon has uh, defined it really well that um it 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 needs to be it it depends on different kind of roles that you have right at some roles you have to give it up but it's never easy uh, but when you have to give it up you have to give it up yeah and i also think it's important to be very clear with yourself that you're giving it up um because I think sometimes they'll get 
promoted with the uh, saying that, okay, you do 50% leadership and then 50% coding. And usually it'll be uh, 80% uh, leadership and then maybe 20% if you're if you're lucky uh, once you transition into a, a leader with a personal, personal responsibilities as well. So I think people need to think a lot about it, but I also think on the same time that you should just do it if that is what you want. Because you can you can go back. You just have to adapt. Excellent. And Zahid, what's your thoughts on your own question? Do you think there's a way back? Yeah, I mean, uh, as Edward said, I think it's a topic in itself. Uh, we can have like an hour podcast on just on this topic. And uh, as I have asked the question, I have a lot to share. Uh, but I mean, I will keep it, uh, keep it uh, concise. Uh, as Simon said, I think who you're finding is a very important thing. Not everyone is a leader. Not your best program, your best engineers are not probably the best techniques. I mean, it's it's a different kind of skills that you're looking for. So if you are just promoting the best or highly paid uh, developer that you have to the tech lead, just because he's uh, highly paid and you you can pay him a little bit more and make him a tech lead, you're doing it all wrong. Uh, that won't work. And it is very important to have, as Edward said, some kind of career path in your company. And this is also something I have learned recently and, and, and I, have, I have dropped a lot of links and it's up to you, Sam, how you share them. But then again, staff engineer, you can become a principal engineer. You can still get paid more than your manager just because you're more skilled. So it's it needs to be, it, it's very important to clarify to people that just to get more salary is not the right way to become a leader. And 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 when you become a leader, you realize, and it's something that you have to learn, that you are never gonna be. You're not always the one who's highly paid. There can be people who are really highly skilled and getting paid more for you. So it's not about the money. So it's it's actually very important. And and this is where I think the one-on-ones are very important. When you are talking to your teams, you need to ask them, Hey, where do you see yourself in next two years? Um, do you and then maybe having a career path and engineering letters? The one I shared is kind of like an open source career path uh, that is defined by someone. Um, it's an open source GitHub, and you can look at that. And this is something what Netflix, Facebook, and all the big companies actually use. What I did was I made a copy of it and and made a fork actually, and and we are now trying to improve it, and we will actually use it in the future to find out like who are those people who wanna become leaders, who wanna become engineering managers, and then what are the things that they need to focus on. So actually one-on-ones are very important to first find out who are the right people. Then being a leader is your responsibility to help them on the things where they are missing and then make them ready. So it's always very good to find who, it's not, it's, it's very important to know who's your successor who's going to be a successor for A team, B team, C team. It's, it's, and that helps you to um, find the right person and help them to grow. Uh, it's, it, it, that, that's how it works. And then when you have to offer someone, the communication is the key. So when you offer this role to someone, it's completely okay. And to clarify with them that we can try it out. And if it doesn't work, we can give this to someone else. And and that's where the communication comes in. When you announce in the company, you you should do something like this, that XYZ is identified the best fit for this role, but we have agreed that he will try out this new role for X months. And if it's not something for him, he will go back to his previous job. That way people will understand that this is something that that person is also crying out. And it also takes away a lot of pressure from that person because now he can try it out. And if it's something he is not for him, he can, you know, like go back very confidently. So communication is the key 
how you how you onboard him, how you onboard other people. Then comes the same thing. What you expect from your manager, you have to also kind of give the same to your people. You need to clarify to them what are your expectations? What exactly is the role? Clearly defining the role is not an easy job. And as Simon said, what you promise them will never always be 100% true that how much time you can spend on coding, how much time you can spend on ABC. It's always uh, flexible and that's a challenge in itself. And that's how uh, you have to manage it, right? So clearly defining expectations is very important. Something we tried uh, in, in New Day UC is that when we... Um, when we when we have these new roles, tech leads and all those kind of roles, we we came up with an idea of rotation, team rotation. So the idea is that instead of having the tech lead doing all the crazy managerial stuff, making releases and being part of all the meetings, and so you know, like everyone goes to tech lead for everything. We 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 said, okay, let's sit down and and list down all the things that a tech lead needs to do, right? And then why the hell that thing cannot be done by other people? So that's kind of empowering your whole team on what a tech lead can do. That's one way of selling it. The other way is actually you are taking a lot of things away from your tech lead and you're delegating it to the to the next people. And that way it's a it's a win-win. It's a win-win for people because they are getting empowered. They they can see themselves in the role. And it's a win for the tech lead because they can find more time for coding because a tech lead should code, right? And, and then you need to clarify, is it 30, 70, is it 60, 40? But again, do, don't be very confident about the about the split because it will never work. It will be maybe some days 80, 20, some days it will be even worse. So help your people, uh, uh, you know, like find out, think out of the box how you can. And again, delegation. Tech lead is also a, a kind of like a leadership role. Then engineering managers. And so it's there, there are many, as I said, that it could it could be a topic in itself where we can portions of people. But I think my question is actually opposite to that how you how you make sure that if people are not happy in their role how they can go back so communicate in the right way help them learn them the role if it's something not for them help them to move back and the most important thing is actually that when you help people to move back in their previous role you need to clarify to them that you don't need to think that you can never be a leader again it's it, you know it it could be not the right time so don't give up go back try two more years one more year whatever and then consider it again because maybe then you like it so it's not like if i cannot be a leader today i cannot be a leader in next two years yeah that's it it's really priceless advice on uh on supporting people through going back i think i haven't really considered this angle but this this is so true that people go who try the role they need quite a, a bit of attention well maybe not a lot of attention but they need some 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 taking care of so they can go ease back and don't give up and i mean that that is a good example of a good leader actually well done <laughs> thank you i just want to mention and i also think it's it's quite important that uh, if the the company want to promote uh, for example a developer to to a leader i think it's also important that the company supply the person with all the necessary things to to transition into a leader because you will need practice you will need courses uh, books and you know and sparring sessions with other leaders uh, because i don't think it's an easy task uh, and i think it's it's quite hard to to know to become the leader that you want to be uh, because even though you think you're there, that might only be your own perspective. 
uh, even though your your own imagination is is a bit broader and, and better. So I think it is quite important to to tell the uh, the person who would like to promote you into a leading role that you'll need this and this and this uh, before you can feel comfortable moving in this direction. And then of, then of course the, uh, the testing period period is a very good idea uh, for figuring out if it's something for you or not yeah actually it was one of the thing i wanted to talk about is setting time frames because when you set up like let's say let's try it out for three months clarify expectations and also time bound it right so you're not pushing people and 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 keep following up so it's it's a very good point Simon. i think time frames are very critical when you uh, when you ask people to try out something and yeah okay well, fantastic question fantastic point to me actually sorry I, I just wanted to add that Things I'm sharing doesn't need to. It it it's not like they come from me. I think the the key is like how you create a culture where people can think out of the box. You need to you need to always see what your con- common sense says. You the the moment you start clearly defining the rules and be like really strict about them and 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 consider it as a bible or something that's where you kind of like mess up so you need to always see for one team a tech lead could be one thing for the other team a tech lead could be different one team can be more uh, can can be more empowered the other team is not there yet so the flexibility is the key and let people come up with ideas and 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 listen listen to people because they they are the one who have to you know deal with uh, all those things every day uh, on top of uh, like besides you but it's very important actually to to think and sit down and have retrospectives where you see what is working and what is not working and if something is working for a team it's not sure, uh, for sure going to work on the other team so it, the flexibility is the, is very important yeah and also the dynamics in the team uh, where the leader is positioned is very important yeah. Yeah. because if the t- if the team doesn't work with the new leader, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad leader. It just means that they're, they're not compatible. Um, in in Novosel, we have a, a disk profiling where we try to figure out what kind of person uh, the, uh, the person is, what kind of personality they have and what they want to do. Uh, and uh, that helps in figuring out how to both structure the teams and also figure out what kind of leader does the team need. So yeah. I think that is that is very important to to remember if the person becoming a leader and it doesn't work out that it might not not be you or the team, but it is you and the team that doesn't work together. <laughs> As I said, it can be a topic in itself. So there's another dimension of this, right? Uh, it depends, like when you make someone a leader, how much impact they can make, right? So a tech lead, uh, does a tech lead have an HR or not? Because if you don't have an HR of the people, then you cannot make that bigger impact, right? So if you're just a tech lead and HR is with someone else, then you it's also a challenge for you. And then there are many ways then the tech leads can, so it's 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 it's, it's quite nitty gritty, but then you can have tech this talks or or you, you need to find out how you are making people more impactful like how they can make impact because if they don't have that then they are like okay i'm a leader i'm a tech lead but how do i do it because i i, I don't I, I don't control that much so it's a challenge in itself because i have i have i've been through that that part as well fantastic well, i think uh, for today like you say we could go on and speak for another hour and do another podcast about that in itself and you mentioned the links that you've sent over i'll make sure that when the podcast is released for the people that are listening that they will all be in the comments or in the in the post below so you can check out there what sahid's talking about so 
But that's been the last Evolution Exchange podcast of 2022. Uh, so congratulations, guys. You've uh, rounded it off really well. Um, I really want to take this opportunity to thank each of you, Zahid, Edward and Simon, um, for both providing great questions, but incredible insights. Um, and of course, thank you for listening. So um, if you want to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts in 2023, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.